Welcome to another episode of How You Can Too with your host, your boy, Alvy, a.k.a. Danny, a.k.a. Mr. You Can Too. I have an amazing guest on the show today. This man has had an incredible impact on my life in just the few months that we've known each other. This is none other than the Mo Hassan. In this episode, we talk a lot about his background and how his background and experiences have led him to his latest endeavor, the Creations Club, something that I am extremely proud and excited to be a part of. And ultimately, our goal is to help make this world a better place. And we're going to do it with this entity. If you enjoy this episode, please share with your family, friends, and loved ones. It would mean the world to me if you leave a five-star rating and a review of the show. I honor you, I appreciate you, and as always, you can too. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, you are in for an absolute treat. I have with me today one of the most instrumental people in my 33 years of life. We've only known each other for a few months in the physical realm, but I feel like spiritually, we have been soul brothers or soul, whatever you want to call it, for a super long time. This guest with me is what I consider a modern day renaissance man, an eccentric thought leader, and most of all, just a phenomenal human being. So everyone welcome Mo Hassan to the show. Thank you, Alvi, and thank you everyone for joining. And gosh, I love you so much, brother. Thanks for the super kind words. Very happy to be on the program with you today. Uh, I, I love the work that you're doing in the world. And so to have you include me on it is an honor. Thanks a lot. No, thank you. And honestly, like the honor is all mine. For those of you listening, the way Mo and I first got introduced to each other was through a networking group we're part of called Miami Made. Shout out to everyone in Miami Made. Very amazing group of people. Amazing group of people, hence why we were both there. And from there, I expressed with Mo that I was looking to write my first book. And Mo told me how he's wrote many books and has helped people with their books. So I decided to hire Mo and help me in this process. And I never would have thought that this book writing process would blossom into the friendship, business partnerships, and everything under the sun that has turned out to be. So for me, it's a huge lesson in seeing how when I'm doing the right things for myself and I'm really going after things in life, the right people start to come into my life. And through our conversations, as we're having these intense moments of, you know, learning how I was going to create the book, flush it out, all of that, Mo and I have had the opportunity to really get to know each other. And in that process of learning what I'm up to, what I'm looking to create in the world, and also me learning about what Mo is looking to create in the world, we saw that there were so many similarities that it led to us working together in a really special way. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, who would have thought that owning a sex toy store together would be the answers to the universe? You know, but who would have thought? No, no, but uh, yeah. no, it, what really has, is an interesting observation is that you know, we met at a group that is full of conscious founders, right? And that's something that you and I have in common. And it's not surprising, looking at who you are and how your achievements in the world and the things that you're up to 
that uh, we found something instantly to connect with, right, which was initially this agreement to coach you through the process. And uh, as you know, from the very beginning, I was trying to get rid of you. Because I'm kind of like a weird coach in the sense that I don't advertise that I coach and my preference is be done fast. Right. Go away. Like go be something else. I don't want to deal with you because coaching is an intensive thing, man. Like it it's is. a lot of you know time and attention on people. And so I love the fact that you were open to the idea that you could move fast. Right. You know, because most of the times when I talk about the speed at which one can operate they look at me like I'm from out of this world, right. which may or may not be true, I'm not saying yeah. that. But, you know, but really what's, what's there is that like a lot of people just have this belief system that first, something is impossible. Mm. right? And then when they think it is possible, they think that it must be a hardship just because they haven't done it before. Yeah, that was my thought for sure. Yeah, but you were instantly open to that. If you, you probably looked at me and you went, if this dumb dude could write a book so fast, surely I could do better. Right? He didn't even go to college, right? And you were like, Dwarf China, Mr. Fancy Pants over here. Yeah. Uh, so I loved your willingness to look. You know, and that's something that I think that um, I will take a willingness over experience, over background, and over almost anything else. If somebody mm. has a willingness high enough, boy, they can achieve extraordinary things in any period of time. So uh, that was the thing that drew me to you, girl. It's like your willingness to just do whatever it takes to get it done. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. For everyone listening, I think that was an important note or nugget that you just dropped, Mose. this idea of you can accomplish so much as long as you're willing to do it, willing to put in the word, do the thing to actually have it happen, to create, as you would say, Mo. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I love that. So something I always love to do in the beginning of any episode when I have a guest on for the first time, like I see where you are now and it's an incredible place. But for everyone listening who doesn't know much about you, what has been your progression through your life, the major points that got to got you to where you are right now? Well, you know, I think the major point was when I made a decision as a child to leave my home planet and come to this planet. No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, really, like, the major points were that, well, I, I'm kind of an oddball in the sense that for as long as I could remember, I had always known that I wanted to do more or that more was possible. Mm -hmm. I did as a child. I'd say I lacked the language to understand the thoughts that I was having, the ideas that I was experiencing. I just lacked the language to describe it. Mm. And along the way, there have been several major things that have happened. You know, like one is just, I'd say, first is moments of my own personal transformation. As I've witnessed my own abilities go from, you know, as an example, when I was a child, I stuttered. Mm. You know, and I started so bad I couldn't say my own name ever, right, wow. without stuttering. I could never complete a full sentence. So there was many, many, many issues that came up around a child who stutters. Mm. So coming to the other side of that, witnessing in myself that they, there is a transformation on the other side, right? Sure, there was, you know, pain or whatever I had to go through to get to the other side. There was a transformation possible. Mm. And so having witnessed that time and time again, seeing that I've been able to take quantum leaps forward in my life without taking a traditional linear progression like most people would. Mm. And so I would say along the way, it's really been just an expansion of my own ideas, letting go of anchor points, things that I believe to be true upon which I built other viewpoints, mm. right? If I believe that my identity was limited to being this or being that, 
Um, I don't know if your laptop's going to sleep there. We need to address that. Shake the glass a little bit. If you're enjoying the podcast, today's episode is brought to you by Mr. You Can Too. His new book comes out Christmas this year or earlier. Pre-order now. Is that a good promo placement? That's a pretty good promo placement right there. Thanks. I expect a check later. No. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think that those anchor points, what they did is as I moved them forward, all of a sudden when I think about I was 18 years old when I started making more money than my mom. Mm. I was 20 years old when I was making more than double my mom and then crossed into six figures, mm. right? So for me, there was a cognitive dissonance, if you will, that here's someone who didn't go to college, here's someone who skipped his SATs, technically failed the 11th grade, and at the school board overturned it, truancy issues, right? <laughs> miss a lot of school. Um, you know, so, so it was just like, it, a lot of things just didn't make sense, didn't add up, right? And over the years, I've had to reconcile with myself mm. that something's gotta make sense, of what makes sense, right? It's right. like, does my path make sense? Does someone else's make, path make sense? Does everybody's path make sense, hmm. right? But at some point in time, I had thought that life was so limited that the life that I was living in my early 20s was actually past the life of my dreams as a child. Wow, yeah. Right, so it's like then what? Then mm. what? Then what? Then for sure, what? so much life to live still. And so it's very, very interesting for me that you know you ask about like what were the major points. I think the major points were points where I chose to stop. And I say a few years ago was my biggest stop. You know, I decided that I was just heading in the wrong direction. And I did something very, very strange, which is that I decided that to put my business on hold to put all forward motion in the universe of my intentionality mm-hmm. just set to stop right and i care about money i didn't care about anything just let's just stop because i didn't like the trajectory that i was on right and that motion of stopping allowed me to just shed everything mm. what, what, what were those when you got this i understand how important it is to stop especially when you realize that the direction that you were going in was no longer in alignment with who you were going to shift into being. So what were some of the things, major things, that you had stopped doing that came to that pause? And then ultimately, how did that help you realize where you wanted to go? Okay, well, sure. You know, I'll go back even further. I'll go back even further to like a a decision to stop something. Because it's been many decisions to stop things, Mm. right? And so an early decision to stop was I was a senior consultant at the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. And, you know, to give you an idea of winning as a consultant, right, just to give you some indicator, I had a window office in a government building mm. as a consultant. Wow. Yeah. Which um, consultants don't even get offices, let alone window offices. And so I was like, it was a great position, great, very, very awesome, like all the D.C. things that one could want that position had. And I was unhappy. Mm. I was unhappy, right? I was winning as a consultant, right? My income was great. My position was great. My team was great. I had no complaints about the job itself, except that I didn't feel like the work that I was doing was aligned with the work that I was doing. Right. And so uh, something had to stop. And I noticed that for years I had been in this trap of identity and money. Gotcha. Right, I wore this identity as a DC management consultant, right? I was known for that. I didn't have to go look for work, so I just played the game. 
I just played the game, played that game in DC, going you know office to office, organization to organization, doing that stuff. And um, I decided then that I wasn't going to participate as a consultant in someone else's game, that I was going to actually just create my own game. Mm -hmm. Right, which I'd already started years ago, but I wasn't giving it my complete attention. Gotcha. So that was the first major thing to stop was to stop a full time job, right? Because that was a full time consultancy. When I stopped that, I had no backup plan. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's kind of how I operate. I have no security plan. I have no backup. I have no reserves. I'm ready to just dive in and just go for it. So I did, and it took me about a year and a half to gain a footing, and then my income skyrocketed and then doubled. Um, and then a few years went by and then I decided to stop again, right? Mm -hmm. And so this major stop, what I stopped is I stopped romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. I stopped friendships, business acquaintances, activities from my past. I even stopped hobbies from my past. Mm -hmm. I bought new toothbrushes, right? I changed up um, towels, I changed up soaps, like I changed up everything I could possibly imagine so that I could just stop motion. Mm. Right? And what I decided is on first a holding pattern before a new forward motion. Gotcha. Right? And I decided for me personally that the way I was gonna fill my holding pattern is with fun and pleasure and joy and love. And so that's what I put in my holding pattern. And I said, you know what, until I'm done, I'll stay in the holding pattern. And then quite frankly, everything around me can burn, I don't care. Right? That I have no external motivator but myself. Gotcha. Um, so making that decision to not go in any direction other than exactly in the direction that I want was a game changer for me. I believe it. And I can only imagine coming from just my own personal conditioning and things that I've seen in my life is this whole idea of I should be fulfilled once I have this amount of money, once I have this job title, once I work with this type of clientele. But for you, you got to that point and you realized like, this isn't an alignment with what I want anymore. And not only did you stop those things, but you actually stopped a lot of things that you had in your personal life that you had at home, right? Whether it was romantic relationships, whether it was friendships, or something as simple as changing out your bath towels. It was like, no, everything gets to be scrapped in order to get this new place. What have you found now, and you know how you're living now, and how your life is looking now, where do you see yourself going? And what's like the new game that fulfills you and excites you? Okay, so this is a really fabulous question. Um, so one thing is that you'll find very strange about me, okay? And please don't judge me for it, or do judge me for it, it's fine. I don't mind either way. Is that I'm not a goal-oriented person, okay? I live a life of intentions. Gotcha. And so, I, my ultimate achievement is to be nothing and to have nothing, mm. which I can do with a breath. So I have a lot of freedom. Right. I have a lot of freedom to do whatever I want, right? mm. in the sense that if there's nowhere for me to go, if there's nothing for me to acquire, if there's nothing for me to become, then there's nothing but serenity of being, mm. right? which is a beautiful place to then create create something magical, and I think the first thing to understand is that the only games I'm interested in playing are games of creation. Mm. And what I mean by that, what I mean by creation or the act of creating is to bring about something out of nothing without any considerations. 
Mm. Okay, so I want to just explain that real quick because yeah. the act of creation is actually not a physical universe act. It is a spiritual universe act. And what I mean by that is, is this is an action outside of matter, energy, space, and time. Right? So we're outside of the scope of the things that you see around us or that you can experience with your basic senses. Right. So in that action, what's happening is an exact mechanism in which one, in your personal universe, you have first created an idea and you've fallen in love with it. Right? That's the prerequisite. Right. You've created an idea and you love your idea. And then next, you bring your idea from the personal universe into the spiritual universe by deciding on its existence. Mm. Right? And that decision that it exists is the act of creation. Gotcha. So it is an easy mechanism in case things <laughs> are really confused by how does one create. And so then it goes from the, phys the spiritual universe into the physical universe, which is where the manifest manifestation takes place. Gotcha. Right? So manifestation is a, a physical representation of your creation. It's actually the physical revelation. It's the physical mm. universe revelation of what was already created. Gotcha. Right? Unfortunately, we have a lot of people focusing their attention on manifestations, right? Right, and then having a lot of gratitude for those manifestations. And mm. gosh, that's cute. <laughs> but for those of us that are interested in living a life of creation, our attention ought to be on being present and creating, right? Being present and creating. And you'll find that if you're present and you create, that things like gratitude and appreciation or an automatic natural byproduct of the process. Mm. You can't help but have gratitude for everything because it's all so beautiful, it's all so amazing. Mm. Right? So it needs no attention because it just is there all the time. Right. Like it's kind of silly not to put attention on gratitude. So um, well, quick question yes. into what you just said about creating. What's the difference between, say, creating and this idea of using some type of physical consideration or maybe some type of lack to produce something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So what we have on, um, as far as like, if you look at the vast majority of ventures, right, when I say venture, like V-E-N-T-U-R-E, as in like a business venture or something of that sort, you find that the vast majority of the people on this planet that do any type of venture, do it as a reaction to the conditions on this planet. Mm. Right? It's like, let me start a health and wellness business because people are unhealthy and unwell. Right. right? Let me start, um, you know, let me build this thing because this other thing is so awful. Mm. Right? So very rarely do we get creation. Most of the time we're getting reactions to things. And there's nothing wrong with reactions. There's nothing wrong with reacting to the conditions of this planet. Please know that's not what I'm saying at all. It's just some of us are here to create and some of us are here to react. Gotcha. Right? And there's nothing wrong with doing either. Mm -hmm. You choose. Right? Some of us like looking at existing data sets and seeing what's missing, what's omitted, what could I you know, change the sequence of to make that data set more complete. Fantastic. We absolutely need those people. And then there's others of us who are here to bring about something out of nothing. Right. And the past is irrelevant. And so this idea of creation is that you're literally bringing about something out of nothing. Mm. Right? And to have no consideration, that means that nothing from the past matters. That there's no reason, rhyme, or anything at all for the causality of this thing. Mm. This is why it's nothing more than your idea that you fell in love with and you decided it's true. Okay? And so your ability to bring those things into reality, right, into manifestation, 
is actually directly proportionate to your understanding of the topic itself, your right. creation, right? Mm -hmm. You can't create something that you don't know, that you don't understand. Um, and then next is to then be able to communicate it. Right. Because the creation is a communication itself. Mm -hmm. okay? And then also um, to be present. Mm -hmm. Because if you have the combination of all of those things, you'll find that your manifestation is instant, 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 mm -hmm. instant. Versus if you can't speak the language, if you don't have the understanding and you're not present, gosh, you may be waiting decades and decades and decades to find this thing. Right? And so you'll find that many children who are present, well-intentioned, and da-da-da-da-da, create a lot of things as children, but they don't manifest so much later in life. Right. Because they simply lack the understanding. As soon as they have the understanding, they can create. Mm. It just shows up instantly, instantly because sure. they created it a long time ago. Right? Mm. So I hope that helps a little bit in understanding yeah. a bit about like the creation versus the reacting. This is right. not a right or wrong. We need both. Right? Right, right. If, if, we, if all we did was create and there was no one reacting to anything, there'd be no continuation of anything. Either, exactly. Right? So, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that distinction makes a lot of sense in terms of, you know, creating is making something out of nothing without any type of physical consideration. And then reacting is essentially, you know, the example that I'll use here. It's like looking at the market, seeing that there's something missing, there's a need filling that gap, that would be a reaction. And that's yeah. the way that we can kind of look at the difference between the two. And you, you, can, you can combine, it's not to say that when we're creating, we're ignoring conditions, we're ignoring data sets, we're ignoring anything, not, not at all, right? Mm -hmm. In fact, quite the opposite. What we want to do is we want to think about creating with full understanding. Gotcha. Right? That if we're going to create, let's say, a product, or we're going to create a service, we're going to create an entity, an organization, whatever it may be, we would have complete understanding of that space, that sector, that vertical, and all the economics around it, and the players in it, and so forth and so on. In fact, the greater the understanding that we have, the greater the space we have to create. Because when you have knowing, and you have understanding present, then what you also don't have is confusion, and fear, and anxiety because those things are preventative barriers from creation. Gotcha. They prevent you from being present. So, and usually if there's unknown, there's gonna be some level of anxiety associated with it. There's kind of normal behavior, it's not right. to say everyone's the case, but it's typical. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And with all of that being said, and all of this talk around creation, what is it that you're most excited to be creating right now? Um, right now, the most excited thing I'm creating is actually this podcast interview with you. Ooh, presence. Look at yeah, that. Yeah, there's nothing else for me. You know? So I don't know what you're talking about, bro. There's nothing else for me. Everyone else on this planet is dead to me. No, I'm kidding. Except so, the um, listeners, of Except course. the listeners. Yeah. You guys are alive all the time. So, um, it's, there's, first of all, it's a difficult question for me to answer because I am super duper excited about my next ride to the beach on my scooter, mm. right? Like that lights me up and then delights me. I'm super excited about the next time I'm going boating, the next time I'm going sailing, the next time I go for a walk, the next time I, you know, see if I hang out with my lovers, my friends, my business partners, right? Like everything for me, I don't do anything unless it like super duper excites mm. me. I, so what I can share with you is the stickiest thing. Okay. Right, the stickiest thing, right? The thing that um, I've witnessed others are the most excited about. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like, you, you, you might be excited about the fact that I go boating, 
but that might not be the most stickiest, most exciting thing for you to know that I'm going voting. Right, right, right. Okay, so <laughs> this is the stickiest thing that exists right now um, that I've created. It is a private club called the Creations Club. And the easiest way is an analogy to understand it is if you've seen The Matrix, Right, and gosh, if you haven't, then shame on you. Shame, <laughs> shame, shame, shame. I uh, know, but please watch the first Matrix. You don't have to watch the rest, but watch the first Matrix. It really is the best piece of media around today that represents a lot of what's going on in existence. Right. And so in the film, there's a place in the real world called the City of Zion. And what we're doing in this private club is we're essentially building the City of Zion for those seeking to leave the Matrix. So what it is, is for human beings, and possibly those that are on your listener list, right, those that are looking around the conditions in their life, their families, and their planet, like, uh, we could do better. Right. In fact, we do better easily. We right. do a lot better, like a lot, a lot better with a lot less money and a lot less effort and a lot, 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 lot less, right? Mm-hmm. For those of us having that conversation and those ideas, this is a home for your creations, Right? This is a home for the things that you want to bring about on this planet without considerations mm. of the past. And so the Creations Club originally came to me um, many years ago in several iterations. It's been tested through several places, but in the current iteration of the club, we exist as a multinational corporation operating a private club structure, which comes with many benefits and perks, both legally, financially, and, um, and some other things as well. And the idea here is that this is a sovereign place where we have independence and freedom. Gotcha. Right? We have protection from external considerations, which is you know corporations, entities, governments that may not agree with our principles around freedom. And we're providing that freedom to our members under the structure of a corporation. Gotcha. Right? Because corporations experience a lot of freedoms. And gosh, I come from the corporate background. That's my shtick, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so I really love the corporate structure to bring about freedom for people. Mm. And what we're doing is we're providing lifestyle and professional services powered by artificial intelligence and robotics, right? We're kind of like using that theme as a way to get started because what we're actually doing is we're creating a parallel planet on this planet in this time. And what I mean by that is some of us understand economics enough to know that the economics of this world are really, really disconnected from the data sources, right? Like you look at what's been going on in the last few years with the number of people that have lost their jobs, small businesses that have shut down, etc. Mm-hmm. yet we find the price of Bitcoin on the rise, yet we find the price of real estate on the rise, we find the prices of gasoline and food and lumber and many, right. many things at a very, very steep incline that many people can't afford. And we have a government um, that's passing decisions for the reserve to just print additional money. You know, and so it's like, there's some things that just, gosh, like where is the relationship from the economic indicators, from the sources and the analysts? Like it's all kind of become a convoluted mess. Right. And so what we have is we have economic conditions on this planet that are in such that they're nonsense. And so we're just saying, let's just ignore all that. Let's just ignore all of that. Let's start from nothing. (laughs) And starting with nothing means we start with, well, what are some of the fundamental things that 
when we think about a societal contract. When I say I want to belong to a group, whether it be an employer or a neighborhood or a country, right. and I want to belong to a group, I give up certain things to gain certain things. Right. Right. I give up some of my freedoms, potentially, mm -hmm. so that I can have employment, I can have money, I can have safety, etc. Right. So we're starting off with, let's take care of the things that those of us that are like us want. Okay. And so uh, the, a couple of our services at the very, very beginning um, start off with first media production lifestyle. Yeah, huge. Okay, so here's what it looks like for our members right now. Okay. Well, first of all, let's look at what it looks like for everyone else. Okay, what it looks like for everyone else is when you want to record high-quality content, you've got a scheduled time in a studio. You know, um, most content creators are not video people. They're not camera people. They're not editors, right? So they're going to have to have a team of people around them. They right. have to reserve all that time, pay for all those people, have the lighting set up properly, have the audio tuned, lots of setup time, lots of teardown time. And yeah, that's how it is. And right. then you go into post production, and it's typically going to be for every minute of social media content that you see, you're looking at forty to fifty minutes of post production. Wow! Right? Yeah. Because if you think about adding in graphics, adding in music, adding in stuff that the professionals are doing, that's you know, they put in time, and right? that's what they produce. That's their content. Right? Exactly. Um, so what what our members want is they want that professional quality, right? They want all of this. So what we've done is we've created a business process using software and artificial intelligence and well-trained human beings and just an amazing bit of technology so that you can walk into our studios, press one button, turns on all the cameras, all the lights, and all the recordings. And then when you're ready to leave, press one button, turns off everything, and then you have nothing else to do. The file is automatically loaded into the right, loca right location, and then the editors and editing team takes over because you already have your outline. They do everything else for you, including your graphics, your lower thirds, your intros, your outros, your, you know, your SRT files for closed captioning, translation if you know, that's what you want, um, text on screen, all the things that you want, right? Whether you're creating one minute content for social media or you're designing full e-learning courses, right? Our members have this service that costs them a fraction of what it would cost them to assemble themselves. Mm, incredible. In a done-for-you platter. Yeah. Right? Incredible. And I've seen a lot of the stuff myself and I've used a lot of it myself as a member, and it's incredible. Well, thanks. And uh, you know, the other thing we're doing is health and wellness. You know, there's a lot of nonsense uh, going on right now about health and wellness. For so sure. You know, and, and I'm glad you're heading up that team, right, yeah. to, to consolidate all the nonsense, right, so we know what nonsense is and what the truth is, right. and then provide for our members a 360 approach to health and wellness. It includes mental wellness, emotional wellness, you know, relationships and love, and you know, and the body, and movement, and directions of mobility, and cellular health on every level. And, and so just setting up these services to people um, in such a way that we take advantage of economy of scale, and then we're using collaboration, right? We're using working together as a way to do it. And these are people that want to be together in a community. Right. And so down the down the pipeline, what we have is we're building up club residences, yeah. right, which is a place to live, right? You can live, eat, play, work, create, and you know, heal and work out and do all these wonderful things together in a community. But in club residences, everything is set up resort style. So you have a huge master suite, and then you have all the spaces uh, that are shared spaces, right? The most beautiful spaces and food grown on site and aquaponics and you know, robotic dogs and studios on site and just all the things that um, us creators, us, you know, the engineers, the scientists, those of us that are wanting to play together, the artists, you know, we all want to live together in communities with other like-minded people. This is that community, mm -hmm. right? This is that. And so, um, 
Yeah, that's that's what I would say. Uh, definitely delights and tickles me in every possible way. You know, career-wise, profession-wise, uh, something for me to do for the rest of this lifetime-wise. Mm -hmm. And for others, it has been a remarkable thing that is just. Uh, It would be impossible to not have this thing explode. Absolutely. Just because the people that are already involved are so amazing. Right? It has nothing to do with me. Like, they're just already already here, right? People like you that have, like, shown up out of nowhere and are, like, grabbing the reins into leadership positions and really running things forward. Um, it, it's, it's a heck of an exciting thing. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely incredible. And from my perspective and the seat that I'm at, something that really attracted me to the Creations Club is this idea of collaboration. Something that I've realized in my career in health, wellness, fitness, personal development is that there's so many people who are trying to do so many of the same things but doing it by themselves. Me being one of those people. And I've realized I have a ceiling in terms of the amount of impact that I can make, the amount of money that I can make, but then also seeing like how much time it takes me to not even be able to do all that much in terms of what's actually possible when we come together to create something. So a question I have for you is, how do you get others to understand or how can one better start to understand the impact of collaboration in their business as opposed to trying to do it by themselves? Well, I mean, an easy way to look at it is, you know, show me a global impact done by an individual. Right. right. And we're going to find a very small list, like a real, real small list, right? Because most things in this world require collaboration. And if we were to think about effort and results, right? Let's just talk about effort and results. And let's think about effort units. And we could break down effort units into hours. And we could measure results by, say, the end product right. of that thing being produced, right? And we could measure it by percentage complete or whatever unit of project management ratio you'd want to discuss. But we can look at effort and results. And what we will find is that an individual applying maximum effort will reach a maximum result. But a team does not have a max cap. Mm. And that's what's a fascinating structure. Right. right. You can take the same group of people, right? You form the right size team, right? And typically for this type of effort, you'd need a minimum of like 150 core players, right? You get the right size team of about 150 players that are ready to play. And you can actually have from that same team greater and greater and greater and greater results from the team just improving processes, collaboration, communication, trust, workflow, automation, and you know, so forth and so on and so forth and so on. So a small group of people can produce an extraordinary result and keep getting more and more extraordinary. Yeah. Um, but as an individual, gosh, there is a hard limit that you hit. Absolutely. So that would, that's what I would say is like the biggest thing to witness and be aware of. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense in terms of how much more is actually possible when it's a team coming together as opposed to an individual, right? Or just a really small number of people, right? Because there are teams of, you know, three, five, ten that are out there. But again, that's only going to have so much impact. My question is, how would you describe the benefit of someone who's hearing this conversation right now? They're thinking like, how would this be a great opportunity for me? Like, what does it look like to be a member? What would my life look like? 
what are maybe some of my expenses that would go into sure. such a thing and ultimately like what am I gonna get out of it gosh that's a really good question it's a really good question it's like it sounds like you mean like give you the entire brochure for this thing you, you know could, what I mean this pressure don't we have a brochure can the brochure represent me right now instead we got an audio brochure right now insert audio brochure okay I'll be the audio brochure for a moment Alrighty. um I'm like what would life be like heaven on earth mm. Heaven on Earth, right? When I think about how amazing this planet already is, if you look at how many amazing people there are, look at the trees, look at the animals, look at the seas, look at the skies, like this place is already pretty darn spectacular to begin with. Yeah. So if we use this as a canvas to then create life, this is what life looks like for those that are members. Yeah? And I'll, I'll describe life from the viewpoint of me as a member, because uh, my objective in this organization is to be left with zero positions of executive leadership so I can focus on enjoying being a member. <laughs> so this is what life looks like. Let's, let's describe it for the minute um, you wake up and let's describe some other scenarios of coming and going. Okay? So one is you know, waking up in the morning to a beautiful, luxurious space with this following definition of luxury. That luxury is a physical universe manifestation of aesthetics, user experience, and love as a foundation for communication for mm. beings and the physical universe, right? Like for me, that's luxury, mm. right? Are these products made with love? Right. Or is there human slavery in the supply chain? Mm. Right, so waking up in a space that's made with love. Gotcha. With materials that are responsibly sourced mm -hmm. and something that's aesthetically just so incredibly gorgeous that I wake up and I'm just like, wow, wow, wow. Every day in every single suite when you wake up in the Creations Club residences, this is what we've created. Mm. And then as I get up and do my things, right, what I find is that automatically, because of just automation that's set up, the, my favorite music is played. Right. There's artwork displayed on the on the televisions of my favorite galleries, mm. right? Displaying because I already know what I like in moods in different days, what I enjoy in romance, what I enjoy in this and this. So the sense in the room, everything is just beautiful and perfect. As I approach uh, going to the bathroom, right? We have a very high tech toilet with the bidet built in and the right temperature programmed in. The sink is the right temperature and everything is just sensor based. So there's no reason to touch anything on the right amount of soap dispenses. And the soap is made with you know no chemicals and nothing else and all natural products and smells lovely and is good for you. And you can eat it or stick it in your eyeball and it's fine because right? <laughs> you know, it's just so natural and so you know as i go through the morning experience i'm surrounded by ambient lighting and really a beautiful aesthetic space and let's say that i want to make a call there's speakers and there's mics all throughout the unit so i can walk around on speakerphone and not have to hook up a speaker mm. right it knows where i am in the room based on sensors and localizes mics to my voice so that way it doesn't have to, if I have a guest over in the other side of the room, it's not going to pick them up, it's going to pick me up. Right. right. And so just intelligent technology working with me as I'm getting my morning started. And then I'm ready to have my first green smoothie, but it's already in the app because I spoke with the chat bot. And so there's a green smoothie waiting for me in the service window. Right. So I go to my service window, I'm still in my unit. 
and there's open the service window uh, door and there's a green smoothie of my exactness with the micronutrients that I need today based on the blood test I did yesterday of one drop and so the AI analyzed all the data and says oh yeah this dude's a little low on vitamin D right section that's impossible I'm in the sun so much but you know this dude's a low on figure or whatever I guess you could have and then it adjusts in what the chef is putting in my nutrients and maybe a little bit more spirulina maybe a little bit more of this but the idea is that everything is customized to me and then I take my time and I go for a stroll because in, in the morning I like to enjoy some quiet time. So I go off to the swimming pool that's heated perfectly, right? And I see friends and amazing people. And then I go off to the yoga um, room, which is also in the same facility, right? And then I go at the gym for a little bit, which is also in the same facility. I go out to the steam room, which is also in the same facility. And then I go have breakfast in the gardens, right? And the breakfast is made up of food that was grown on site at the facility, made by chefs who love their job, who mm. are assisted by robots that are the best, highest technology, and all in a loving space, right? And let's say that this is the day that I'm flying out, right? Well, my bags are packed with, for me by human beings that are well-paid, using software that's well-designed, right? That knows my data sets of who I am, what my clothes are, where I'm going to, the duration of my travel. And so all of these things are then utilized to pack my bags. So somebody packs my bags. The bags are already in the Tesla and I just show up in the driveway and someone's there to drive me to the airport, right? I didn't have to give anything any consideration. I just enjoyed my day, I did my day, then I come back. And when I come back, same thing, I'm coming back in the Tesla, right? The bags come out of the car and go to my room. I don't go to my room. Mm. I go off to the gardens because I want to spend some time and see some friends and drink a smoothie or have some juice or drink some coffee or have a glass of wine or whatever it is. And so the idea is that this is a heaven on earth, right? And then let's say later on in the day, I want to go do some work where we have offices built on site, right? Beautiful offices that are designed with, again, loving spaces right. in mind. What does it look like? Why wouldn't offices have plants? Why wouldn't offices have beautiful artwork? Why wouldn't mm -hmm. offices have comfortable furniture? Why wouldn't offices have ta 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 ta? Right. So we would have beautiful spaces here, so I can work. I can get things done. And then as I'm doing my work, there are templates available for me because I'm a club member for business things. Mm. Because I operate club businesses. Right. Right. For any club business, we have a back end operations that handles IT, legal, accounting, finance, fundraising, all the things that are normal business needs as an infrastructure are actually built in for us. So that way you don't have to go out and create those things. I can just focus on ideation. I can focus on product development. I can focus on creating, creating, creating. And then I've got a team of people to help me that want to and love to do those things. Right. They're all they trained love their things. job that they're doing. Yeah, there's people who love accounting. They just mm -hmm. want a better project to work on. Well, right. great. How about we like create these amazing things in the world and you can account here or you can do science stuff here or you mm -hmm. can do math stuff here or you can do whatever, right? And so there's, you know, the idea is that throughout my day, anytime I want to learn something, I have an AI chatbot that can guide me through whatever it is, right? And I have access to resources because there are no trainings, you know, there's no school on property because right. all of life is learning. Absolutely. Right? So learning is just integrated into all aspects of it. And then, you know, when I'm having dinner, let's say a formal dinner inside my room, right, the chefs have prepared the formal dinner with white cloth service and set up the dining table inside my unit, et cetera, so I can enjoy a nice romantic dinner and the music is playing. And so I just show up and I just enjoy the dinner and it's, you know, serviced. So that way as we're done, you know, the, we just roll the card away, put it in the service door and everything is handled and we can just go on enjoying the evening, go for a stroll, go for a swim, go for whatever, go out dancing because we'll have our own spaces. And so the idea here is to have my perfect day. Right. When I, when I think about like, what do I want for my perfect day? Well, my perfect day includes seeing my friends. 
includes seeing those people that I care about, those people that inspire me. And so why not have all of us together in one space? Mm. And so when you think about like, what do you get as a member? What you get is the elimination first of things such as um, cooking, cleaning, doing laundry, paying your bills, calling your lawyers, like all those things can be handled for you in the concierge services. And what you gain is freedom and automation and really all for about the same lifestyle cost as you have right now for your life. Mm. You know, like if you think about how much you spent to live in Miami or in any major city, the cost is going to be about the same. Mm. And the reason why is economy of scale. And when you say economy of scale, that's essentially you you have you're using so many quantity of a certain product, thing, whatever it is, that you're getting it at a much cheaper price, and now that makes it more affordable to the members. Well, you you're gonna have a few different things going on for you in economy of scale, right? There's a few components there. What you said is absolutely right, right? So that when you're buying in volume, you get a volume discount. But the other thing is usage and usage cost per unit, mm. right? So, for instance, if we look around in the United States and we see so many single-family homes and townhomes that own lawnmowers, how many of them really need a lawnmower? A couple. A couple, right? (laughs) Right. So if we use the economy of scale, we would actually organize as a neighborhood, hire a couple, a small staff, get like the best lawnmowers that are super reliable, get a maintenance agreement, and then we split that cost. And now the cost per unit of having your lawn mowed, and then the other question is, why do you even have a lawn? But that's another topic for right, me today. Right, right. <laughs> um, so you know, yeah. so there's, there's a lot of things that are kind of like, when we just start looking at it, you know, let's look at some basic services. Let's look at like, say a chef, right? Um, you know, if you live in Miami, if you live in a nice building, there's a high probability you do not have a private chef. Yeah. Right? right. If you live in the Venetian Islands, then maybe, or if you live in a big right. mansion, then maybe, but most of you living in the condos, you know, from Edgewater to Agrico, don't. Why not? Because a chef or two can prepare for a restaurant easily 80 to 100 meals over the course of an hour. That's no big deal for them, right? right. That's kind of like normal because of cooking and things of that nature, especially the smaller the menu, the easier the effort. So what would it cost us for, let's say, 80 people to share two chefs? Right. right. As opposed to one person. Two and people then trying to set up a chef. deal with the farm as a distribution direct so that we get organic, healthy food at cost. Right. Right, like a restaurant. Mm. And one of the things we're doing at the club is all medical services and all food services are, are, are for our members at no margin. We make no profit on those. Mm. Right? So we want to make sure our members get the best food and the best medical services at cost. And so that way, you know, those are two things you never have to worry We always want to go for the best of the best. Absolutely. And something I love about this concept, this whole idea of that no individual has to do anything that they don't want to be doing. Like, granted, if you're someone that you love to wash clothes and fold clothes and do all those things, like, yeah, you can have a job here doing that and get paid great for it. Mm-hmm. But for all of you who don't like that, like, someone else is going to take care of that. Yeah. And you get to feel great about it because you have your time. They're getting paid great. And essentially, everybody's winning. The environment's winning, right? We're winning at so many different levels. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, this is where coming together to solve problems also involves, like, we're going to have some agreements. Yeah. Right, we could have some agreements, and one of the hardest things for me to figure out was actually a basic set of agreements mm-hmm. for people to have. Um, so, yeah, definitely a fun yeah. set of things. Well, I think that would be something great because we have some time, and I would love to hear about those agreements if you're open to sharing those. Essentially, what are the agreements that one would have to have to be able to be a part of the Creations Club? 
Right, so first is you have to take me out for tacos on a Taco Tuesday. No, no, that's uh, yeah. not, that'd be a lot of tacos. Um, yeah. What it is is, and I have a sugar mama who buys me tacos for Tuesdays. Nice. You know? Shout so out that's to her. A, yeah, that's how I live my life. Okay, so um, you guys have no idea if I'm kidding or not. This is that's really the best nice. part, right? That's great. Uh. Uh, I'm not kidding. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about how does someone know what are these agreements, right? How does someone know if this is the place for them or not? And really, if these, are, if these things, these ideas, these, not just concepts, these are business processes, many of which we're already doing right now, many of yeah. which Alvi is helping me develop. And these things are going well, right? right? Like our services are, you know, top-notch. We're like, ooh, it's delicious. And so how would you know? How would you know that this is the place for you? The first thing to do is to evaluate each of the next five policies, right? These are, these are rules of enforcing good behavior. Gotcha. Right? Rules for enforcing good behavior. And the thing that's interesting about these policies is that these policies are policies that our members take on for themselves, mm. governed by them, and enforceable only by them. Mm. The club is not enforcing these policies. Right. right. So if these don't work for you, this is not the right club for you. Right. Because if you need to be governed, this is not the club yeah. for you. Okay? If you need to be told what to do every <laughs> single minute of the day. This place is not this for you. Is, yeah, gosh, I can recommend many other places, but this is just not it. Right? So it's please self-identify and don't come here. There you yeah. go. For those of us that are just like, you know, we're free thinkers. We don't need other entities to tell us how to live our lives. In fact, I'd rather live by my own rules. Well, these are five rules. These are five basic rules so you can see if you agree with or not. Policy number one is the understanding that who I am is the spirit. Possessing and controlling a body experiencing contiguous emotional states and utilizing an intelligence I call the mind. Okay? Who I am is the spirit. So just to clarify that a little bit more, that means that I am not the combination of those things. I am the spirit currently experiencing human existence as the combination of those things. Right. Right? And that's a different, it's a very, very, very important distinction to understand that I don't have a spirit. I am the spirit. Gotcha. Right? So that's policy number one. Right? Not, not, not confusing the driver for the car. There you go. Right? You're the driver, not the car. Exactly. Okay? The car goes vroom vroom, but you're the one actually. Exactly. Okay. Great distinction. <laughs> All right. So policy number two is that I am the only being on this planet and in this time qualified to recognize the truth. Mm. Therefore, it is only true if it is true for me. And part of that includes that I'm not going to let anyone else decide for me how I feel about anything or anyone. Mm -hmm. I will look and I will decide for myself. Right? And this includes third-party data. This includes whatever. Right? I will look and decide for myself. Another thing, or another part of this understanding is that no groupthink. Right? That I will not submit to groupthink. I will not submit to agreement. Mm. I will always create my agreement. Of my own accord. Love that. Small everything. Powerful. So for those of you looking for a cult, sorry, also not the place for you. No. No. We're not telling you what to think. Not interested in all the group things. That's exhausting. Someone's gonna come up with what to think. Ew, 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 ew. No. Okay. So policy number three is that if we were to look at all areas of life, right? Yourself, your families, your loved ones, your friends, your 
extended circles, mankind, the animal kingdom, the planets, the universe, everything, everything, everything. Everything is a pro-survival and a counter-survival evaluation that we could reach based mm -hmm. on every tr action that you take, right? To say that, okay, I did this thing, it's pro-survival for my family, I did this thing, it's counter-survival for the planet, right, et cetera, et cetera, right? right. I, did, I started this business, it's really good, I make lots of money, but we are killing baby seals every day. Like, wah, wah, maybe yeah. it's counter-survival in right. some ways, right? Uh -huh. And so the policy number three is that as the guiding principle for morality, I will always strive to do the most pro-survival action across all areas of life. Gotcha. Gotcha. So not just good for me, not good, not just good for me and my family, yeah. but the most good for all people, things, entities, all that. Yes. Yeah, and that's actually policy number four. Let's go back to policy number three, because um, policy number three is a really good one. Okay, so policy number three, and if you're taking notes, you know that was four. This is three. You can cross out four. Don't be mad at me. Yeah. Or B. It's fine. Either way. Okay, so policy number three is that as a minimum for my own understanding, like how do I know that I know? Mm. That the minimum standard for my understanding is that I must be instantly able to produce the diction A. A dictionary quality definition of all the words, terms, and symbols I communicated. Mm. And so this way I'm not saying things, I'm not writing things, I'm not expressing myself in things that I don't understand. Right. right? And how common is that in the world? At least what I see. I see that a lot. And I've done that. I've done that before. I'm Many a times. Yeah. And now that I'm conscious of it, it's very different. It changes your life. A hundred percent. And it's the, it's the only way you can have integrity. Right. It's the only way you can have integrity is by understanding everything you say. Because otherwise, when you're saying things like I love you, what in the world are you saying? You don't even know what I love or you means or I love you in a group context, right, as a term. So there's my minimum standard for understanding. And then policy number four is about the, about the guiding principle for morality. And then policy number five is the understanding that I and us and then we are not inerrant. We are not free from error. Mm. I make mistakes. I make mistakes, you make mistakes, right? So built into the mechanism of my understanding is that I make mistakes. Right. Built into the mechanism of this club is that we make mistakes. Right. So that means that if these are the five core policies and we combine all of them together, right? And then we have a sixth policy we recently added too, that if you're interested, you can learn more on our website and stuff. Um, but if these make sense to you, you're very likely agree with the sixth one. It's mm -hmm. kind of impossible not to. But you operate on all five or all six together now as a foundational way for you to create your life. Right? This gives for free omnipotent beings that have free will in this planet, right? A basic framework that you can use, that you can interpret for yourself to say that I'm taking responsibility for my own life and that I will be independent and I will have sovereignty over myself. Mm. Right? And that's what these policies allow you to do, mm. is to have sovereignty over yourself and engage with others in a loving way. And you know, if you want to engage in a loving way, if you don't want to engage in a loving way, this is also not the place for you. There's lots of places you can go be an asshole, yeah. um, but um, you know, just not the place here. Not the place here, no, it's not. And that's okay. Right. There's yeah, that's no okay. it's a private club. Shame. It's a we're private not, club. For we're reason. not looking for you. Don't worry about it. Not the YMCA. It's not what this is, which is great. And Mo, this is an amazing conversation, and we're definitely going to have a part two because there are so many yummy, delicious things that we get to tell even more people about 
this entity, this process, that all the things that go to the Creations Club. But for now, how would you say a listener can find out more or if they wanted to get involved in some type of way, how could they go about doing that? Well, I'll give you a couple of different ways that you can get involved. One is connect with Alvin. Connect with your boy, you know how to find me. Uh, because it's a private club. We're not looking for randos. Sorry, randos. Right? Yeah. We're not looking for randos. There must be a relationship. There must be an affiliation with someone we know. Right. Right. So the easiest thing is to reach out to Alvi, build a relationship, or reach out to one of our other members, build a relationship. So that's one. Um, next is get on our website, which I'm sure you can share the link on social media yeah, and all I'll that stuff that. about. And then the other is, you know, we are um, we have a clubhouse in Miami with events. And so when we host events that we invite the public to, right, for those of us that have heard about it, et cetera, you're welcome to come check it out. Come meet people. Come see what we're doing in real life. And I think that's another great way to get involved. I love it. I love it. Mo, thank you so much for your time, my brother. Everyone listening, thank you for tuning in. We're going to have definitely have a part two for you. We all be stay tuned for that because this is an amazing conversation and the Creations Club isn't something that can be talked about in only an hour's time. So stay tuned, y'all. Mo, I appreciate you, my man. You're and where can people find you online if they want to find you in any of the uh, internet of things out there? Yeah, you can find me across all social media platforms as the Mo Hassan, T-H-E-M-O-H-A-S-A-N. So that's M-O and H-A-S-A-N, the Mo Hassan, and uh, pretty easy to find. Yeah, you'll probably see him on a boat or something. Enjoy that. Thank you so much. Peace.